Today's guest is Brian Jordan. Brian had a near-death experience just last October due to a Widowmaker heart attack, and today we're going to learn about his experience. Brian, thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate you, and welcome. I really appreciate you, Jeff, and what you're doing. Thank you. It's great. It's great. All right. Well, um, as you probably already know, my audience loves to hear near-death experience stories, so if you don't mind, can we start on the day that yours happened? Yes, sir. Um, it was October 3rd, uh, last, last year, 2020. And, uh, I got up for work just like a normal day, supposed to get off half, uh, you know, around two o'clock or so. And, uh, I was feeling great, man. I was feeling great. Um, I joined the gym. I mean, I was in like my 13th week eating right, doing everything right. And, uh, so I went to work and right around 12 o'clock is when I, I stopped, uh, to eat. And so I made me a quick, uh, peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And just as soon as I got done eating, I, and I run bulldozers, I'm a heavy equipment operator. So I'm sitting on my bulldozer. I put all my bread away or whatever. And I went back to work. And I mean, with the first few minutes, my throat started hurting. I mean, it's, I felt pressure in my throat. So I'm like, okay, this is new, you know. Uh, so I say, you know, I don't, I just keep going. So I say it'll go away, you know, it's going to go away. And um, after a while I got, okay, it's, it's, I had to stop. So I stopped and I got off. And by that time, the, the pain started going in my chest. So I had a friend of mine that was in the water truck. I told him, hey, take me to the office because I didn't have any Tums. That's what I thought it was. So by the time I got to the office, I walked in and my medic, uh, she looked at me and she did one of them double takes. And then she said, what's wrong with you? I said, oh, I said, I need some Tums. I said, uh, you know, my chest, you know, I had indigestion uh, before, and that's what they told me. And and she said, okay, yeah. So I know she didn't believe me. Or, or she wasn't, you know, believing what was really happening. So she gave me some Tums, and she gave me some aspirin. And uh, um, I went the year before that, like, a year almost to the date I was working on another job in North Dakota and my chest started hurting there. And I was on the phone with my girlfriend and I told her, I said, my chest is starting to hurt. And she says, she says, call 911. Cause I don't, if something hurt and I, it's, I'm not concerned, but she heard it in my voice. And I, and she said, well, hang up and dial 911 like right now. And I said, okay. So I hung up and I checked my pulse in my neck. And I never knew a heart can beat the way it was beating. It was all over the place. So I got scared, of course. And, uh, and I said to myself, I said, I'm about to die. And I, I got a little scared. And then... All of a sudden, 
the whole place, everything around me changed. You know, everything changed. The scenery, I don't know what it was, but something was there because I felt it. And I was okay. I felt like it's okay to die. All my fear left. Everything just left. And I felt the greatest peace. And my son was getting on an airplane because I got him a job there. So he's getting on an airplane coming in. I'm about to die. So I said, this won't be good. And the company that I was working for, they go home uh, to Minnesota for for a break, but that's three days or four days. I, I can't remember. So I don't like just sitting around in my camper. Uh, I, I work. So I was working by myself. I'm on the side of the interstate somewhere. God knows what the next town is for the ambulance. And so I got on the phone with the, the 911 lady and eventually it went away by the time the ambulance did get there and find me. And they took me to the hospital and the guy said, well, this machine is going to go back a few hours for your heart to see if anything was going on with it. And uh, they checked and they said it was nothing. There was nothing there that I had bad indigestion. So when I walked in my medic office, I was telling her, oh, no, no, this happened last year. I'm okay. Just give me some Tums. And she's like, you know, in that piece that fell on me, I didn't tell no many. I told my mother, I said, man, I said, I said, I got scared. And then the fear, something, I don't know, everything just descended, got quiet. And all my fear was gone. As it was gone. So the only thing I'm worried about is my son coming in and I got to find somebody to go and pick him up if I'm going to die. <laughs> so I'm worried about me dying no more. I wasn't worried about my chest hurting. I had such a peace and I was good with dying. I said, okay, good. I'm out of here. You know, but my son is coming. That was my only concern. So she, uh, she gave me an aspirin and stuff and she wouldn't let me leave. And then I was sitting there and, uh, my girlfriend had called my mother again. And so I saw my phone ring and it was my mother. I said, well, I'm not going to answer it right now because it's too much going. My breathing was getting erratic or whatever. And then the pain went into my arm. So when it went into my arm, then I said, "Uh oh, <laughs> I don't think this is indigestion. Because I know the story with the arm, if it gets in your arm. And uh, I heard him say something about the ambulance, man. And I'm at work. There's people everywhere. And I'm about to cause a big scene. I said, man, I was hoping to please go away. Please go away. And it started calming down after a while. And I had a friend sitting right in front of me. I was sitting on the stool. And uh, I, I told him and I told my medic, I said, I said, well, my pain is going away. And they said, good, but they kept asking me questions. And I was looking at my buddy. He was looking at me. And all of a sudden, I felt myself passing out. I mean, like, uh oh, 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 I hope he catch me. It was just that quick. So he caught me, of course, and laid me on the floor. So 
when I opened my eyes, the medic was on my chest and she was pushing my chest. So I said, open my eyes. I'm like, hey, what you doing? And so she jumped off me and her eyes was wide open. I'm like, you know, like I scared her. Come later to find out a heart attack victim, when they come back, they don't talk. So here I am like, why are you on my chest? What are you doing? And she said, she jumped up and she looked at me and then people started coming in. And she said, uh, she said, Brian, she said, your heart stopped. And I said, uh, I said, no, it didn't. I said, uh, I said, I was asleep. I said, let me tell you this dream that I had. And then she started shaking her head. <laughs> she said, she said, she said, Brian, you died. And I'm like. I mean, you don't imagine somebody telling you you just died. And uh, and so I looked down and my shirt was cut off and the defibrillator was sitting there just talking. I had these patches on my chest and then realization hit me. I'm like, wow. You know, so then it hit me like, what did I just see? You know, um, so when I fell out, and closed my eyes, I was in darkness. And I can tell I, I was looking up. I was looking up. And I saw it looked like somebody had a flashlight or something, like way in the distance. And then, man, all of a sudden, it's like you've been in the dark for a month, all dark, and somebody stick a flashlight right in your face and turn it on. That's how powerful that light was. I mean, it was, and, and I, I knew I had hands because I, I tried to cover my face because of the light. And then within, a, I guess, a blink or so, I was, yeah, I was inside the light. And I'm sitting there floating, and I'm looking around, and I was inside the light. And I look up and down, left and right, and I was just in the light. And I'm like, okay. And then uh, after a few minutes, the front of it start breaking apart like a fog. It was like a fog starting to lift, you know. And when it did, I, I start coming out of the light. And when I came out the light, it was like, uh, it was like a glove, a glove or something. It's like it grabbed me. And all I felt was forgiveness. I felt peace and all love. And it grabbed me so much. It's like you want to take a deep breath because it's so powerful. There's nothing, there's nothing that even can explain how, how I felt when I came out that light. And I was so wrapped up in that. I was so wrapped up, man. It was it was unexplainable. And then I I never thought nothing about my family or Earth or anything to do with anything there. Any problem I ever had was left with my body or whatever. I brought nothing with me, and I was free. I can you can almost feel the breeze going through your whole body, you know. And when it start clearing up. 
I was I was way above these pine trees. And I started floating toward the pine trees and I started coming down alongside of them. And I was looking at the I was looking at the needles. And these pine needles were were so green. This tree, this tree was so beautiful. And I was just staring at the tree. I never even realized I was floating, you know, and I was steady drifting down. I got all the way down to I could see the base of the of the tree where it goes into the ground. And then I floated backwards. And these trees, I guess, was elevated and there was a drop off. So when I floated backwards, you know, my eyes are being controlled, I guess. And I I would look down. And when I looked down, there was this garden. And these flower heads were huge flower heads. And the colors of this garden, the white, the reds, the green, it was these huge flowers. And they all had this color. When I looked at them, I'm like, oh, my gosh, how I was I was entranced. I mean, I was locked in on these flowers. They were so beautiful and they were so many and they were huge. And and I and also to my left, I could see it over my shoulder, the rays from the, the white light that brought me there. I could see the rays from the light, you know, in my I didn't I didn't look that way, but I knew it was there. Because yeah, I could see the white rays coming off of it. Man, that light was so powerful, man. It was it was powerful. And, and so I'm floating to the right. I'm floating to the right. And I'm just looking down at all these flowers. This garden was so it was entrancing. It was like the flowers were alive. It was like everything there was alive, you know. And then my eyes, my eyes shifted up. And I'm not sure if I was taken up really high because I'll tell you why here in a second. So I'm looking across this beautiful blue sky. And there was no sun. There was none of that. And I could see, I could see like five white dots and they were light. Five white lights, like a star, but not yellow. They were white. And so, okay, I say, so I'm looking at this now. And uh, they started getting bigger. So I say, well, either I'm going to them or they're coming to me. And um, so they're getting bigger. And the closer they got, the more smaller lights start popping up. They just, lights just start in their own way, in their own self, just start popping up. Lights just, you know, getting with the bigger lights that were coming, they all, and by the time, by the time they got to me, all these lights started forming together. And I could see a head, a head being formed. All these lights just joining together and I could see a head, like something is being born or something. Then I could see the shoulders start coming out and all this was light, all the lights just joining together. And then there he was. <laughs> oh my God. And he was just, he was there. He was like, he was just, everything formed. And he's standing there. He's, well, we're floating. 
and his I could tell he was holding his hands because you could see the shoulder, the arms go out, you know, and cut in at the elbow. And uh, but you couldn't see nothing. It was the straight silhouette of a light man. You could tell, I guess he had a robe because there was I couldn't see no legs like if he had pants on. And um, and then he started, he started, and also his head, there were like waves of, of lights, a part of his head, and at the very top, and they were waving, the, 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 they were waving, and then he started floating, he went up above me, and then he dropped below me, because when he dropped below me, I didn't see the, the trees or nothing no more. Because he dropped way below me and you can see his head turning, you know, like he was doing this. And when he go above me, I could see it. He never stopped looking at me. And he he did that for a while. And then he got he came right in front of my face. I could have reached out and touched him. And then he he took off. He took off to the right. And Jeff, he left so fast. He left traces of himself. You know, they were they were disappearing slowly one by one as he left because he just took off like in the blink of an eye. He was gone. But I know which way he went because the traces were there and they were disappearing. And that's when I woke up on the floor and that's when I asked the medic, what was she doing? And I thought I was dreaming, but they told me I was dead because after they got me up, all my urine was on the floor. And, and I just, I just like, what in the world just happened? I didn't, I didn't even know I was dead. Never even knew I died. Mm -hmm. Never even knew. And so they got me up. Um, and my arm was hurting so bad. And it was one guy and I'd never seen him before. And he came to me. By this time I'm hurting, you know, he came up to me, said, man, what do you need me to do? I said, uh, could you just hold my arm up in the air because it, it eased it some somewhat. And he told me, I'm going to hold it and I ain't going to never let it go. And uh, so we waited for the ambulance because I was, we 80 miles out and there's nothing around. That's the kind of jobs we do. There's nothing around. So I'm 80 miles from the hospital. And so... Uh, they, all my bosses, everybody, man, they couldn't help me. They were just looking at me. And then I heard them say something about a helicopter. And when they said that, and I'm looking at them and everybody said, I said, really a helicopter? I said, I'm going to have, I'm going to have to work for the rest of my life mm-hmm. <laughs> to pay that bill just yeah. to. You know, just as man, if faces, you know, we care about each other. We, we're a team. That's my family. And uh, so the ambulance got there and they came in and gave me something to stick under my tongue. Nice. I don't know. Nice. I don't know what it was. So they wouldn't let me walk to the ambulance. So they was picking me up and I'm telling y'all better not drop me. And so, of course, I had to you know, throw a little something in there, brighten somebody up. Mm-hmm. And so they're all laughing and they shoot me to the ambulance. And, and when they started putting me in there, I didn't want to lay down on my back. I'm not a back person, but 
and then it looked like a little box. I really didn't want to get in there. So I got in there and I lay down and I guess they hooked me to everything. And I felt a jerk. After I laid there a few minutes, I felt like a jerk. And then I was looking in my face. My eyes were closed. My mouth was open. And and it was my own face. But I didn't, I didn't recognize my face. And I was really close because I couldn't see the people that was inside the ambulance. I was like right in my face. And it's like I was studying my face. I'm like almost like, like what is that? What am I looking at? And I, I couldn't understand because I didn't even know my own self. And then with the blink of an eye, I was gone. And this time, I didn't go through the tunnel or the or the, the lights. I didn't go through that. I went straight to where I was supposed to be going. And when everything turned on, I was I was looking at this big, huge circle. I mean, I mean, it was huge, huge. And it was on the inside of this circle, there were flowers again. And this time they were smaller. And inside the big circle, there were little circles. Each colors of flowers had their own circle, perfect circles inside the big circle. Reds, the blues, the greens. And, 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 it, and, and to me, even from the first one, the flowers that I saw, I felt that they, I felt that they portrayed me in some kind of way because that's what I felt. I felt a lot of stuff that I was wondering what it was for, but I felt that garden was mine. I felt where I was. I felt like I had been there before. You know, I felt that. And the circle that I'm looking at now, because I, I love everybody and I think each one of those circles of flowers in one big circle represented different people, different races, different religions, or however you serve God. Um, and that's the man, the one, the light being never talked to me. He just was looking at me. And I felt, I don't know, but I think he was talking to me, but not like somebody would say. And um, that's how I felt the other circle. It's like we all in one big circle, you know, and I think that's, that's what he was showing me. Now, I'm hooked up to the stuff in the ambulance, so they shocking me, you know. So when I opened my eyes, every, everybody in there was just looking at me. I mean, I guess, I don't know, it was three or four people. And everybody was just looking at me. So when I opened my eyes, I looked at him. I said, so what happened? And I said, the lady said, we have to shock you. You know, you died. I said, okay. You know, so I was okay for a while. And then I can hear the helicopter coming. And of course, here come another team. They, they get me out of the helicopter. I mean, not the ambulance. I'm sorry. And they put me in a the helicopter and cause, cause all my bosses, everybody, I mean, 
they know the helicopter coming. They didn't got the whole parking lot, cars moved, everything was perfect. And the bird came in, they didn't water with the water truck, and, and, and it was ready. Very professional, very professional. So it came in, it took me out the ambulance because the ambulance, 80 miles away, they wasn't, they wasn't about to do that. So they put me in a, the helicopter and we took off. And uh, I was okay on the flight there. So we landed on the roof and and they all was waiting on me and they came got me. And they took me down to, uh, I guess, what they was going to do, a surgery, because they kept yelling, blockage, blockage, blockage. It's a blockage. And uh, oh, I was hurting. So I went from sweating and dude with a heart attack. I was sweating so bad. The little stickers they was trying to stick on me wasn't sticking. Um, and I wanted to go to sleep. I was so sleepy. I even asked my boss, I said, hey, uh, just let me go to sleep for just a minute. <laughs> but of course, they weren't having that. They ain't nobody having that. You're not going to sleep. And so, you know, they get me to the emergency, uh, to the operating room. And they start prepping me. Some ladies came in. I'm like, okay, what are they doing? Four, two walked on one side, me two and on. They start taking my clothes off. I said, oh my God, I'm already cold. <laughs> you know? <laughs> anyway, um, so then they, you know, they start prepping me for surgery, uh, shaving my groin or whatever. And uh, I don't know, I, I didn't feel myself die that time. Because when I opened my eyes and when I when they put me in there, my arms were on side of me. So when I opened my eyes, my arms was over my head, both of them. And said, I said, uh, I said, hey, I said, wasn't my arms on the side of me? And the guy looked at me and said, man, he said, you didn't feel that? I said, what? He said, we shocked you so hard, your body almost jumped off the table. He said, you didn't feel, I said, I didn't feel nothing. So that time, I didn't go through the light again and none of that. It was like, bam, okay, Brian, let me show you this. We done done the light thing, you know, come here, let me show you this. And so now, man, it seemed like I'm standing in front of this huge, huge chair. If I could have walked up to it, I would have went under it because the leg, it was just that high. And it was huge because I was looking up at it. And right about where the armrest should be, that was these flowers again on each side. I can't really remember what the top part looked like. And I, I I didn't really know what I was looking at, but the way I described it to people, and they said, man, you, it sounds like you're looking at the throne of God. And, okay, you know, and it was, it was beautiful. Everything about what I went through was beautiful. And, Jeff, when I was a child, I loved God. I always had. When I, when I realized... Um, when I got old enough to, to like, okay, who put us here? You know, where do we come from? And then you hear in the big bang and all this and all that. I said, no, and we didn't come from no monkeys. Somebody put us here. We too perfect, you know? So that's when I learned about Jesus Christ and God. And of course we have the Bible and all that. And you got all these different, People saying different with interpretation, different things. So, okay, I'd always ask God, I said, I don't want to read nothing. 
because it don't seem like every every is so many different ways. I said, I want to see what's what's there. I want to see it. I always asked him that. Growing up all through my life, I want to see. And I saw. And then some other people would tell me, uh, oh, be careful what you ask for. Really? Dude, I'd do that again. I'd die right now. I'd die right here on this TV while we talking. It was so beautiful. And I'm not scared. I had no fear. Nothing. Nothing. I'd die right now tonight on your show. And I know I'm going back home. Um, so that was, you know, the doctor came in and he did the surgery and he left out. And I think he saw me. He saw me later, later on at night. And he walked in the room and I'm sitting there looking at him. He said, he said, you know, everybody in here calling you a miracle. You know, I'm like, you know, why is that? He said, because I'm not supposed to be talking to you. He said, there's no, which you had three massive heart attacks. You, you coded out three different times. And he said, there's no way I'm supposed to be sitting here talking to you. That's why everybody in here is saying the miracle guy, because every now and then I'd see people look in and that's, that's him. That's him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so. You know, he says, you're supposed to be on a ventilator. Right now, you are. You're supposed to be. Here you are. You're sitting here talking to me. And, you know, so I thank God for that. I knew it was God showing me what I saw. I've always asked for it. And if I want to see something again, and that's what happened, then it's okay. It's okay with me. And he told me, you know, they I, they gave me this vest. It's a, it shocks you if your heart get out of rhythm. Um, and I had to wear that for three months. And they say in your heart, uh, it's real. You have a really angry heart because they shock you three different times. And uh, it's not pushing the blood out like it's supposed to. You're supposed to push it 50% or something. I was at 35. And so I had to wear this vest for three months. And they telling me. It was so bad that then they kept showing me this. Uh, what the defibrillators? What they put in your chest? Yeah. So they showed me this. Yeah, this is what we gotta have to stick in your chest. <laughs> I'm like, man. I said, but you know, in my mind, man, I all what I've been through and what I saw. You know, I'm like, I think my heart is healed. You know, and I don't think uh, I'm gonna need that. You know, so when three months passed and they did my test and a doctor called me and said, dude, he said, you're good to go. You can go to work. You can do whatever you want. So I live life now. Well, that was an amazing story, Brian. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. Did you ever tell the doctor, either that doctor that called you back or the doctor right after the surgery, did you talk about your experience? Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Uh, uh, the RN, because mm-hmm. I had to lay on my back for like 10 hours because of the groin when they puncture you and go up and put a stent. And it was the Widowmaker. Mm-hmm. Uh, you only have a 10% chance of survival from that. Mm. 10% and here I am. I mean, that's in, and that's with medical people. And here I am 80 miles away from all that. And I, and I so that even dropped it below 10. But as soon as they took me out of there, because they don't knock you out when they do that. 
So the nurse, when she walked in, she looked at me and she doing her thing and she had that look and I'm, so I'm looking back, you know, and she said, what did you see? First thing she asked me and I start telling her and then, you know, they, all the time I'm told these stories, people just get chills and they feel it. They feel, you know, and, uh, and after I was done, she said, I've heard of those colors and these flowers and stuff people talk about. And she said, she said, if you don't believe in God, if people don't believe in God, she said, they need to work in the ER, you know, or be on one of the ambulances that go get people after horrible crashes or whatever. She said, because I've seen, I've seen them die and I've seen them come back. And when they come back, they're screaming and they're trying to jump off the table like something is chasing them. You know, and I'm like, uh, I said, no, I didn't see nothing bad. <laughs> it wasn't nothing chasing me. <laughs> but the doctor asked me, yeah, all of them, they know. Them, those folks know when you die and either you're going to go in a black void of comfort or you be able to see stuff. And, and, and I thank God I saw stuff. I know this experience is very fresh compared to other NDEs. Do you feel like you're still trying to manage your experience spiritually or, or oh, yeah. mentally? Both. Because there's not a day that I open my eyes and the night that I close them and all day I see what I saw. Mm-hmm. All day. And it's with me. And it's been, what, six months now, seven months? Mm-hmm. And when it makes a year, it's probably going to be the same way. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think I would ever, you know, I don't believe I, I, I feel him because when I write my book, I feel it. I feel what I say, what I'm writing. Sometimes I feel it so much in my chest. It feels like there's a light in my chest. And Jeff, I have to put my pencil and pad down and get up and do jumping jacks or walk around and can I get it off? <laughs> but I feel it, you know, and it's, I don't see that going away no time soon. And I love it because I feel like he's with me. I do. Now, when you say he's with me, what do you mean by that? God or whoever, I, he never said nothing. Most people say he was all light and I saw no face and say, well, Nobody sees God face and lives, okay? But I'm just little old me. I didn't think God himself would come. I hear people see their families and are angels, and who am I, you know? So I don't know, but he was there. Mm-hmm. He was okay. there. All right, so you're saying that the being you saw for you, that was God. He didn't say who he was, right. and I won't say, right. but... He was all light. He was so powerful, man. Mm-hmm. The light was so powerful that like it's like it's like it should have been a noise or something, mm-hmm. but it was quiet, quiet, quiet. Mm-hmm. And and I was like, how can you have all that power and force and it be quiet? Because you can look at him and like, oh my gosh, this. And then when I got back, I'm like, man, shouldn't I have bowed down or something? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? yeah. But, you know. 
I really find it fascinating that you kept seeing flowers and even where you saw the pine needles. I, mm-hmm. I forgot, where were you located at when this happened? And were there flowers or even pine trees in the vicinity or no? No. I'm in Kansas. Okay. And I ain't nothing but wheat field and corn fields. There ain't a pine tree forever. Hmm. No. There's no flowers and none of that here. Nothing but Dorothy and Toto. Hmm. That's interesting. <laughs> Do you think that that experience was as just as real as we are together right now or less oh, yeah. or less oh, no. or, or even more way more way more so would you think yes. that maybe perhaps this is even the dream and that was real life <laughs> man like i said i felt like i've been there before i felt mm-hmm. like i was home mm-hmm. i did and when i had to come back when i had to come back Oh, uh, I went through a bad state of depression. Mm-hmm. Um, I looked at the earth like it's a bad place, and I didn't want to be here. So it took me, it took me a couple months to get it together, or I have people telling me, like, "Hey, man, you need to snap out of that because you're here to tell a story." That's why you came. You came back three different times. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not, you know, he showed you things and you had to come back. And I was, I cried a lot. I didn't want to come back here. Mm-hmm. Have you noticed within yourself any kind of like psychic abilities or empathy or anything that's out of the normal that's different now about you? No, it's just like, uh, I don't feel none of that. It's just like when I'm writing my book, I know what I'm writing. Mm -hmm. I never studied nothing for that. I know what I'm writing is the truth. It's like when he was looking at me, somehow he didn't say nothing, but I just know stuff. You Mm -hmm. know, I know what to write, put Mm -hmm. it like that. And everything I write is real, and and I don't have to think about it because I would have to sleep with my notebook and pen next to me because I would wake up, you know, through the night, and 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 you're not just grabbing and just just start writing stuff, mm-hmm. you know. And but I sleep with it still, mm-hmm. right next to me. As you have been writing, has more stuff or more memories been coming back to you? No, the no, the first time was clear as a bell. You know, the second time they were short. The second and third time it was short. As soon as I coded out, they knew. They weren't expecting me to die the first time. So, you know, that to cut me shirt and get the defibrillator. And still she told me I was only gone for like for like three minutes. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, man, I feel like I was in the light looking around and after that <laughs> for right. that much. And then, you know, it was just so much more for three minutes did you happen to get a look at your own body did you ever look and see your hands or feet or anything just my face so you did i mean i know that was the face the time i think that you were in the ambulance when you saw your face right yes but when you were in the light 
or where you were in the, with the flowers or the pine trees, is it possible that you were just energy or like an orb, or do you think you still had an energy body or something? I think and I had an energy body because, like I said, when the light hit me, I, I put up my hands. As, as to, I don't know if, if I went through the motions of trying to block my eyes because the light was so bright. Mm-hmm. So I felt that I had a body. Um, some people will note that they almost or they have like 360 degree perception. They can it's like they see everywhere. Did you have that or were you still just seeing forward? Um Yeah, I was I was it was like my eyes were being guided. It was like uh but when I was looking down at the flowers, I could see the rays, but I didn't see the light itself. Mm-hmm. So I don't think it was no 360 for me, no. Okay. Do you feel like even though the light was very bright, it was still a warm light and it wasn't a brightness that would be like burning your eyes? Oh, no, it was warm. The first, when it first hit me, it was like super bright. But when I was in it, it was a warm white light. Mm -hmm. That was nothing to try and cover your eyes or nothing. Mm Because I was looking all around, figuring out, trying to like, you know, what is this? Mm -hmm. Yeah. But when I came out, I was hit hard with everything. What about this experience inspires you? Oh, Jeff, this motivates me. I feel good. After, after my depression, those couple months of, of not wanting to be here. They even told me when I was leaving the hospital, they showed me these pills. They say, if you don't take this, you're going to die. And so I thought, okay, maybe I missed one on accident, but you know, um, I was trying anything to get back out of here. Um, um, but one day and you know, my friend stayed on me and one day I woke up and I accepted what happened to me, you know? Um, and I woke up, I was happy. And ever since then I've been happy because I want to, I want to tell people what I see that, that inspires me. Everything I saw inspires me. Um, it sounds like you have some great friends around you. Generally, how did your friends and family react with your experience? It's like, it's like, they all, you know, they all told me, Jeff, they say, man, I mean, even strangers, they like, you give us hope. We all, we don't know what's next. We all fear because we don't know what's next. Mm-hmm. Me, I'd leave today. Just like I told you, I'll get out of here. Mm-hmm. There's people has their wealth and, and, and all of that is nothing, nothing, money, the cars. And when I looked at my body, I was like, like, what is that? So now you have all these pretty people walking around, you know, I'm this, I'm that. When your soul leaves your body, you look at your body, you're going to be like, what is that? Then that's just the way I felt. Mm-hmm. But everybody tells me I give them hope. I had, I was watching your story, your uh, show like two days ago, and you was talking to a guy that mentioned Facebook Live near death. And so I jumped on it and I, I put my story on there. And, oh, my God. There's people telling me, man, you're helping people all around the world. And it's it's hundreds of, I mean, comments and comments. 
you know, oh my God, you, you give me hope. And I'm just a little old me. I just told a story. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't, I didn't expect that to do that. I didn't expect, I didn't expect none of that, you know, but I know God want me to tell a story. Mm-hmm. And, and when I saw all this, I'm like, wow, you know, people, people want to know with people being told stuff and, and, you know, and the hour the way I said I die today, and and they, I give them hope, mm-hmm. and I'm just little old me, bulldozer operator, mm-hmm. in Kansas. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you this: If you met somebody that had a heart attack last week and had an experience like you did, what kind of advice would you give this person? Well, if they died? Yeah, if they died and they came back and they're kind of struggling with their experience. Oh, I would tell them, God, you're here for a reason. If you if you died and you came back, then you're here. You're here to tell people about that. You know, people have their, their things with, uh, I, I and, and like I said, I don't judge anybody. But it, if you see, see something that great, my heart attack was the best thing that ever happened to me. It was the best thing ever. I go through that pain again. If I can go back and see what I saw and be there and maybe stay there this time, you know, I would tell him you're here for a purpose. You're here to tell a story. Other people might not, they hold that story in, but I feel if I hold my story and I would just explode. Mm-hmm. I can't, I can't keep that in. I can't. It seems like that you have a whole new perspective on life. Yes. Can you tell us, in your opinion, what are the important things of life now? Like I said, I, it's love. Like, and I had no problem. You know, people, people, I, I know I heard stories or how did he go there? You know, I'm doing this in church. I'm doing it. How did he get to go there? I know people live better than church folks. I do. You know, uh, I didn't take offense to it, man. All I, all I know, I don't care what color you are, where you from, what you think about other people, other, other foreign people, you know, you better love it's love. You have to, because there's no hate up there, buddy. And, and if you, you close your eyes, and think you're just going to roll up in there and you hated uh, that race or, or those people that you didn't even know. It's nothing, Jeff, but all I got out of it was, was love. You have to love. You have to. It's commanded. It was like he was being beat into me. You go back and you say love, 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 love. That's what it's about. All right, Brian. Well, I'm going to shift gears on you here. Are you a private or public person? And if so, uh-huh. if, some, if somebody reaches out to you on Facebook, will you chat with them or are you, like I said, private? Oh, no, I would. Mm-hmm. I would. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to spread the love, Jeff. All right. You have to tell everybody. <laughs> you do. All right. Uh, and, you know, I, I wanted to die so bad, mm-hmm. you know, uh, but after, after I, I felt better about myself. And I said to myself, if I have to be here till I'm 130 years old, I would. I would. 
because our life is just a blink. So what is 130 years old? Telling a story that I tell. That's why I'm writing a book. So I even said, hey, man, if I write this book and I'm talking to God, I don't, I talk to God, you know, I just talk. Uh, and I said, if I write this book, can you like come get me? Mm. <laughs> I was being selfish, man, but I'm, I'm over all that. I feel good. I'm here to tell my story because I'm tired of my friends getting on me mm. about it. And I feel good. And I, I, I love, I would love to tell people uh, about what I went through and how good I feel, how good I feel about life. I'm not scared. I'm not none of that anymore. And like I told you, I die today because that first time when I got sick a year ago, I felt like a peace. Everything just dropped down and it just took my fear right away from me instantly. It was gone. And then I'm like, wow, I say this. It's okay to die. It's okay. It's okay to die. So I dealt with that for a year until I really died. And I felt the same peace. I did. And I would love for if somebody get in touch with me, I'd talk. Mm -hmm. I love talking about this. I do. Mm -hmm. I love telling everybody about this. On Facebook, is your profile just Brian Jordan? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. B-R-Y, Brian with a Y. Okay. How far along are you with your book? Um, I started writing right after my heart attack. Um, I'm saying maybe halfway. Um, I, I work a lot, so it's hard, you know, and I'm still, stuff still hit me and I got this note thing in my phone and I'll stop working and, and jot stuff down. Cause like I said, it's, it's on my mind. It's, it's on my mind constantly. Mm -hmm. It's constantly there. So I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, uh, get get busy with it mm. and get it to my publisher. When and it's going to be called Death Freed Me because it freed me. Mm. And the word death, uh, it sounds horrible. And, and I don't know how that name come up. <laughs> but I mean, it's, it's not horrible. It's mm. just got a horrible name to it. Mm. But I mean, you, you picture the, the dude with the big fork that's going to stab you through your body or whatever death coming you know the character they have mm -hmm. it's nothing like that he mm -hmm. should come with angel wings or something or a bright light or something you know mm -hmm. if you're a good person you have to live a good life jeff and you have to love everybody all right well before we wrap it up here do you have one last message that you want to share with everybody no it's just like i said live a good life and love everybody you have to because there's nothing but love up there. And he's waiting and he's watching. That's a great message. Mm -hmm. Brian, thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate it. When you get your book finished, contact me because maybe we can have you back on the show and tell everybody about your book. I sure will. I sure will, Jeff. And thank you for what you're doing, man. Mm -hmm. I love your shows. Oh, thank you so much. I'm addicted to that. Anything with people that left their body. Mm -hmm. I want to know because I searched. I want to see if anybody saw what I saw, if mm -hmm. anything close, but everyone I've heard is different. Everybody mm -hmm. have their own, you know, their own. When you die, you on your own. There's no preacher. There's nobody here. Nobody. You on your own mm -hmm. and you best be living a good life. All right, Brian. Thank you so much. And uh, I wish you the best and have a great evening. Thank you, Jeff. You too.
All right. Take care. Bless you. Bless you. God bless you. Yes, sir. Bye bye. Thanks for watching the Jeff Mara podcast. I really appreciate you. Another way to show support is through YouTube memberships. And if you do, there are loyalty badges and other perks depending on your level of membership. All you need to do is click the join button underneath the video to find out more. Thank you for your support.